Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Are you in, guys? All right, let's grow together. God bless you. Have a seat. Thank you, band, worship team. I'm going to have you guys come up at the end, so rest your fingers and voices and feet and all that kind of stuff. Hey, uh, I, I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of James chapter 1. I'm going to read a passage that's actually in the message version of the Bible, but but James is is the author of this, and he is... He, he, he's actually one of Jesus' younger brothers. Now, you know what's really cool, kind of like when you know someone who wrote something and you know about them? It's when you're, when you're reading, you, you kind of have that background, you know a little bit more about them. So it's kind of fun to read James from that perspective because this guy hung out with Jesus. Can you imagine if Jesus was your big brother? I, I had three, I have three older brothers and I'll, first of all, I'll just make it real clear. None of them are even like Jesus. I, I don't think at all, but, but there were always a few steps ahead of me and, and they could always like do things a little better than me. And they were always kind of winning and they were always a little bit stronger, faster. And, and it just, you know, I was kind of, I was the fourth, you know, I was just hanging out back there. It was hard. It was hard being the younger. How many of you guys have older brothers and you had to see you guys understand my pain. Thank you. Hardly anyone in the earlier service had, had older older brothers. And so I feel much better today with you guys. So you, you understand. And so I, I think like, what must it have been like for James? It's, it's like, you know, he comes home from school and, and uh, his mom says, well, hello, Jamie. Cause you know, that's what he did. Jamie, how was your day? Oh mom, I had this crazy, wonderful day today. I got an A on my math test. And the mom's like, yes. Oh yes. Yes. Mother Mary is so proud of you, son, Jamie. And, and so they're really happy and, and they're celebrating and, and so she's going to go and make him a special little dessert, you know, a little little uh, fig cupcake or whatever they do. And, and back in those days, and, 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 and so then Jesus comes walking in. You know, he's coming in with his white robe, his blue sash, his long, cool hair, and, and his, his, his blazing blue eyes. I know, I've, I've seen all the movies. I know exactly how he looks. He looked like that when he was a teenager. So he walks in, 15 years old, like, hey, hey, mom, how's it going? And mom's going, oh, it's, it's going very, very good. Well, how was your day? Jamie had a wonderful day at school. How was yours? He goes, oh. Oh, you know, it was just a normal day. Oh, well, anything interesting happen? You know, Jesus says, well, you know, there was this kid who fell on the playground and broke his arm, so I, I healed him. I go, oh, that's so nice, Jesus. And he goes, yeah, and then, and then some other people saw me healing him, and they were sick, or they had problems, so I started praying. So we had this whole prayer line, the whole school, I prayed for him, and everybody got healed, so I was like, oh. Well, that's nice, Jesus. And said, yeah. And then, and then people wanted to kind of take it up a level. So everyone started praying that they would get good grades. And so I started praying for everyone. That the, We just started praying that everyone would get A's on their tests. And, and he goes, and it was an amazing day because all day long, everybody got A's on their tests at, at school today. And, and there's James sitting in the corner just like... I have to deal with this brother all the time. So this brother, the younger brother of that guy, Jesus... You know, maybe it wasn't like that, but I think it could have been like that because I do have the older brothers. But, but James writes this letter. Now, he writes this letter to a bunch of people who are actually going through a really, really tough time. 
This is after Jesus had already left a part of this earth to go into heaven to prepare a place for us. James is on this earth, and he's he's one of the apostles, and he's he's leading out, and, you know, just doing incredible stuff. And and uh, but during this time, he he writes this letter, and in this letter, he's talking to Christians who are being fed to lions, Christians who are being burned alive, people who profess the name of Jesus who are actually being chased out of their homes. I'm talking about persecution. Man, these guys were facing it, and they, they knew they knew pain. And they were, I guess you could say, really, really, really walking through fire. So James writes them this letter. And this is a letter that would have been passed around to, to Christians all over the area. Look at the letter. Here it is. In fact, it's James chapter 1, uh, verse 2. I have it on the screens. This is the message version. He says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. <laughs> a gift. Know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it, that means your fire walking, your trial, your tough spot, let it do its work so that you will become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. That's most of us. Sometimes I don't know what to do. Okay, God, help me. Pray to the Father because he loves to help, and you'll get his help, and you won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Look down at verse 12. Does anyone who meets a testing challenge head on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. For such persons, loyally in love with God, the reward is life and more life. Now, I want to have this kind of perspective when things are rough in my life. And the truth is, none of us have had it as bad as these people did that were receiving this letter. So we can receive these words, and we, we need to receive these words. But how in the world do we do that? Um, how do we adjust our mindset and our perspective so that we can actually see our problems from that vantage point and then really enter into this reward of life and more life that God wants to give to us? In other words, how do we successfully walk through the fire? Now, uh, over these three weeks of this series, last week, today, and next week, I'm sharing with you three different perspectives, three very, very important pieces of the pie regarding how to walk through fire. Last week, you really need to hear that if you missed it. This week, I'm talking about something unique, though, and, and I'm talking about a secret weapon to use during the fire. And this weapon, I'll just give it to you right now, it's called praise. Some people think that praise is like a type of song that you sing in church, like it's, or maybe it's the fast music that we sing, that's the praise music, or praise is giving positive words, and yeah, but, but really praise is a whole lot more like that, more than that. I want you guys to see praise as a weapon. So how does it work? Well, basically what we have to do is we have to adopt an attitude of praise because praise is really, it, it, it starts off as, as, as a state of mind. It's kind of a default for our lives regardless of what's going on around us and we're just going to praise and that's what makes it so powerful because our secret weapon is praise. And guys, hey, hear, hear, me, hear me well. Praise is a problem for your problem. I'll say it again. Praise is a problem for your problem. Say that out loud with me. Praise is a problem for your problem. Make it personal. Say praise is a problem for my problem. Come on. Praise is a problem for my problem. All right. <laughs> 
That's the one thing I want you to get today. And, and really, we, we, can, we, we need to get this attitude of praising God. Uh, we need to praise God for what he's already done, and we need to follow through with that. And, and when we do that, it will break chains in our lives. When we begin to praise God for what he's done, it can send demons in hell running away from us. It does. See, praise is a problem for your problem. It'll help you simply be a successful firewalker. I don't know what your problem is. Um, I don't know whether it's self-esteem. I don't know whether it's a lack of resources or physical pain or relational heartache. It may be addiction. Maybe something very secret you don't want anyone to know about. But regardless of what your problem is, praise is a problem for that problem. It is. And, and, and praise is more than just some happy Christian adjective. Actually, it, you know, it's a verb. Praise is a way that we deal with the problems of life. For me, praise... Praise is an attitude that I show up with on Sunday mornings. I, I might have had a really tough week all week long, but when I come in here, I, I come in here to praise God. And so I, because I know that, that praise is going to be a problem for my problem, especially when I get together with God's people, I believe that the power of it just is magnified. In just a minute, I'm going to read this little story from Acts chapter 16, which is my theme story for the day. It's one of my favorite stories from the Bible. Uh, in the story of, of Paul and Silas, I remember hearing my dad, uh, my dad preach about it in church. I remember yeah, my Sunday school teachers teaching about it. We used to have this thing called a flannel graph. It was way before video screens. And we had this flannel graph, and they would put these little papers up on this thing, and, and these little fuzzy papers, and, and we'd all look at it. I still remember the pictures of Paul and Silas on the flannel graph when I was a little kid, just wondering, what's going to happen next. I knew it was going to happen next, but I was wondering what's going to happen next just in case the story changed because I loved that story so much. My children's church workers did it and, and I loved it. I remember some children's church workers acted it out one time. Oh my word, life changing for me. I, I, it's, it's, it's in my heart. It's in my head. I love that story and, and I consider it to be one of the coolest stories in the Bible because the men in this story, they had a problem. I always have to say they had a huge problem. They were really walking through some fire. But these guys carried with them this attitude, this, this general sense of being that was just about praising God in the middle of their problems. And, and you'll find out that praise became a problem for their problem. In this story, Paul and Silas, these are God-fearing men. They, they love Jesus with all of their heart. They were actually doing the right thing. They were doing Christian things. Sometimes you think, like, I'm, why am I, I'm doing everything that's right. I'm doing these Christian things, and, and everything turns bad, and I'm doing the right stuff. Well, this story is evidence yet again, just like I shared with last week. And I, and I want you, if you missed last week, you really need to hear that message on the, on the recording, on the podcast. But, but, but the truth is, is that just because something bad is happening in your life does not mean that God is punishing you. It doesn't mean God is getting back at you. And, and so, so Paul and Silas, they're going through this tough stuff, and the setting looks like this. Paul and Silas, they're, they're traveling the ancient Roman world, and what they're doing is they're going from city to city. They're planting churches, and I, again, I think the names of the churches were City Life Center, I, I think. I don't know for sure, but they were, named, they were starting these churches in the hearts of these cities all across the Roman Empire, and they were also just going around and encouraging Christians and, and that kind of stuff, and, and they came to this city in the province of Greece called Philippi. 
Uh, Philippi, uh, there were just very few believers that were there. In fact, when, when they came together for worship, they actually went over to the river and they would meet at this r- the river on Sunday morning and they would get together and they would worship there and there they would receive preaching and, and there was a time of serving and encouraging and helping one another. But, but in this city, in this city, while Paul and Silas were doing their ministry there, there was this fortune teller. Now, the fortune teller was possessed by a demon which gave her her powers to say all of this stuff to people about what's going on in their lives. And, and, and this, this fortune teller kept following Paul and Silas around town. So wherever they went, she would pop up, and there she was again, and she was shouting and yelling and making a bunch of distractions and causing a scene. Well, Paul got fed up with it. Now, I love it because you, when you read it in the scriptures, I encourage you to read the whole thing in, in Acts 16. But, but Paul actually, it says in the Bible, he actually got really annoyed. <laughs> Don't you love that? Paul got annoyed. Don't you love it? Yeah. When, when, a, when a preacher gets annoyed and they've had enough, they just might pull God into the equation. And so that's really what happened. Paul turns around and he looks at the woman. And he said, in the name of Jesus, spirit come out of her. And the demon comes out. And, and the woman all of a sudden is set free. Well, you see, there's a challenge with this, though, because the guys who owned this woman and who, who made money from her telling people's fortunes, they were pretty ticked off because she was delivered of her demons and she didn't have the demonic power to do fortune telling anymore. Now, I just want to do a little side note right here. If you ever dabble in, in anything about seeing the future, fortune telling, horoscopes, kind of, kind of stuff, guys, that's dangerous. Let me just tell you real honestly, this is a perfect story right here. There's plenty of, plenty of talk about it through the scriptures, but, but it's inspired by demons. You really don't want to mess with that kind of stuff. It's just not good. Don't go there. You don't, you don't need that. It doesn't, it's not coming from the person. All right, it's coming from a demon. So there's so stay away from that kind of stuff. But but these guys now they've lost their little money making machine, this this little slave, and they were angry at Paul and Silas. So what they started doing is they went around town and started getting people riled up against Paul and Silas. And and so then the magistrates of the city actually came and got Paul and Silas and ended up flogging and beating them publicly and then putting them into prison and, and locking them up in stocks, you know, where their arms and hands were put out in these stocks and there they, they were in the jail kind of a bad day. In fact, who in this world, who in this room has ever had a day that bad? I, I doubt you've been through anything that bad. And while they were doing God's work, this happened. Yeah, bad things do happen to good people. And the truth is, godly folks have problems. But thing is, these were men of praise. And what, what, what they were doing is they were about ready to make praise a problem for the problem they were in. Let's take a look at their story in in Acts chapter 16. It's on the screen. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God in prison, and the other prisoners were listening to them. I, I love the fact that it's happening at midnight because the truth is, it's your darkest hour. That is the best time for you to be giving praise to God. That's really the best time. And I also love the fact that, that there were, the other prisoners were there and they were listening, which means they were singing out loud. They weren't like thinking praise-ish thoughts like no, no, they weren't humming along, you know, some little praise. Mm, don't want to wake anybody up. No, but they were singing in such a way that all the other prisoners in the place heard. And, and, and the, the beauty of that is, is, guys, there are people around you who are locked up in hurt and pain and disappointment, and they're hearing your praise coming off of your lips, and, and they're completely mystified. And, and the truth is the world does want to hear what you're shouting about when, when you're walking through the fire because they're walking through the fire too, and they, they're like, oh, 
how are you doing this? You see, this attitude of praise means that you're going to choose to be a winner and not a whiner, even though you don't feel like a winner at the time. And you would, um, you know, part of you just says, just go ahead and whine. Now, I want you to look back to the story because all of a sudden this thing goes nuts. So suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open. Everyone's chains came loose. Okay, are you getting this? Praise is a problem for your problem. But look, all the prison doors flew open. Not just Paul and Silas's prison doors. Everyone did. So in other words, the atmosphere shifted for everyone in the place, including the criminal non-praisers. Go figure that one out. That, that right there has amazing implications. I mean, do, do you realize, guys, that when we come together and we worship God in here, or really when you praise God anywhere, that God, yeah, God is actually breaking chains in your life, but the same thing might be happening to the unsuspecting person, even today, next door, and that coffee shop, and they're getting set free from something because your praise is going on in here. I even think it about this way. I, I think of it as even regarding our physical location here in the heart of the city, uh, by us having an attitude and an atmosphere of praise in this place, that, that this, this has a ripple effect through the heart of our great city. And people can be set free here in this city and around us, and they can be set free from problems in their lives simply because of the proximity to this place and the praise that's happening. And it's not just about this place, but it's about your lives and it's about wherever you go and wherever you praise. That's amazing to think about. Well, back to the story that Jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. And Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. You see, the jailer would have been tortured and killed if prisoners had escaped. So what he was going to do, he was going to make it very easy for himself and just go ahead and, and, and take care of himself. But, but Paul stopped him, and, and you kind of think about that as like, wow, Paul is actually saving the life of the person that had him locked up. You see, when you praise Jesus, God will even give you love for your enemies. The story goes on. The jailer called for lights. So obviously they, you know, they didn't have a light switch and they must have brought torches out or something. And, and he rushed in and fell, trembling before Paul and Silas. See, the thing is, he knew God was in the place. And then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, this is a crazy, amazing turn of events. See, Peter didn't preach a sermon. He didn't have an altar call. He didn't have, like, guitars and keyboards and singers there playing in the background or anything like that. No, no, no. This guy just knew God is here. I know what I need, and I need what those prisoners have, and I want it. It's kind of cool. And, and so they replied, Paul and Silas replied and said, well, here's what you do. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you'll be saved, you and your household. They then spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. What's actually implied here is that Paul and Silas were invited over to the man's house. And then think about it. He woke his family up at 1 or 2 a.m. and got them out of bed. And Paul and Silas is now at the house preaching to them. And the entire family give their lives to Jesus. It all started with a problem. But praise entered in and everything changed just like it can for you. Praise is a problem for your problem. 
Imagine what might just happen in your life when you, you consider some of your problems. And then you engage praise in the middle of that problem. So how in the world do we do this? Well, there's, there's some simple ways to do it. First of all, we need to prioritize our praise over preference. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's important. Prioritize praise over preference. That means it's not about whether you feel like it or not. It's not about whether you feel like praising Jesus. Praise is a way of life. It's about, it's about putting praise above your preferences. You simply tell yourself, I'm going to do that. Some of you, tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up and like, but I don't feel like going to work. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I don't feel like it. Or if you want to be really spiritual, you say, I don't feel led. And I was like, oh, come on, come on. Just talking about the feeling stuff. The truth is, you're going to get your honey out of bed. And I said that in a sermon. But you're going to get yourself out of bed and you're going to go to work, right? Yeah. Because you're going to push back the feelings. So why do we do that with praise? But I don't feel like praising. I'll just wait and worship God when I feel like it. Well, no. I mean, come on. So you go to work because you know you're going to get fired from your job if you don't. With this, like, well, God understands that, he, that I'm not going to praise him today. <laughs> I mean, come on. Why don't, you, why don't you do this thing of making praise a problem for your problem? That's why the scripture says in Psalm 37, I love this. It says this. I, excuse Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. I want you to say that with me. I will bless the Lord at all. Come on, say it again. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will. See, that's declarative. It's an act of your will. Like, I'm going to bless the Lord when? At all times. Now, just when I feel like it, well, I'm just going to praise the Lord when I go to church on Sundays because that's the dedicated time for it. Or I'm just going to praise the Lord when it's, we're singing songs that I like or I'll praise the Lord when I've had my cup of coffee because, you know, I got to have my coffee before I praise or I'll praise the Lord when I get my raise. No, 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 no. You praise the Lord at all times. You see, and when you do that, guys, praise becomes a problem for your problem. See, because it's not about what you feel. Do you think Jesus felt like going to the cross? No, he didn't. We know he didn't, but he did it anyway. And I, I know some people also fall in this little trap of saying, well, I'm going to praise God after he does what I'm praying for. And yeah, of course you will. But, but the truth is, if you don't begin to praise God now, you may not get to experience what you're praying for because you're not using that weapon. And don't forget, also, he's already done a lot for you. You can praise God for what he's already done in the past. You guys, you guys remember the crucifixion thing? That's why we do communion. You, you know that? That's kind of like foundational to everything that we are. That was for you. You need a reason to praise God? You can always start right there. You can just stay right there. The truth is, plus, there's a whole lot more. I mean, God, is, God has done immense things for you. In fact, God has already done things for you that you don't even know about. Some things that you've attributed to luck, some things that you have just considered to be a result of your own ingenuity, that was God. So why not praise God for what he's already done and, and I put this statement up there on the screen. So I don't want you to look at it. It says, it says, praise God because he's already done more than you think he has. See, he's faithful and he's powerful and he's unbelievable. He has already done more than you think he has. I want you to think about this. Like, like how awesome would it feel if, if all of a sudden you find out a little later today that a trip has already been planned for you and it's already been set up? You're like, you'd be like, wow. 
How would you feel if you find out that Thanksgiving dinner is going to be delivered to your house and it's all set up? All you have to do is just get up and like, oh, I'm, over, I'm awake. How would you like it if if all if you just show up at the parade of lights tonight and someone says, well, here's your reserved seats. They've been waiting for you. You, know, you would be pretty, you'd feel pretty awesome, right? Right. But see, that's what God is doing for us all the time, over and over and over again. He's already done more on your behalf than you even know what he's done. So praise God. Because praise is a problem for your problem. Do you think Paul and Silas Silas actually knew in advance what was going to happen? That God was going to do that? No, they didn't know. What they did is they just chose to praise God, not knowing what was around the corner. I mean, do you think it was like this? Paul was sitting there with Silas and midnight and, hey, Sal, you awake? And Sal's like, yeah, Paul. But my back hurts, man. This is really uncomfortable. That, that beating was painful, and I don't know how I'm supposed to sleep in these stocks, and how do you go to the bathroom? It's like, well, Sal, I got this idea. You see, um, see, Paul was, Paul was, oh, had, oh, he had these great ideas. So could it have been like this? He said, then let's start singing, and then there's going to be an earthquake, and then, then Jesus is going to like do something amazing, and the jailer is going to come in, and, and, and we're going to save his life, and then he's going to get saved, and then he's going to invite us over to his house, we're going to get his whole family saved, and then we can spend the rest of the night at his house and crash there. I think that's what God wants to do. I mean, do you think that, that was in their hearts? They're not, no, I mean, of course not. That wasn't there. See, we know the end of the story. They didn't know the end of the story. They were just simply overwhelmed with huge problems, and they were walking through a fire. But here's what they did know. God has been faithful in the past, and they knew that, hey, we're serving this faithful God. So in the middle of their physical trauma, in the middle of their emotional pain, in the middle of this time when their mind was swirling and their bodies were in agony, they decided to praise God in spite of it all because of what God has already done. Because where they were didn't look very good. And can you imagine the peace that just came over these guys when they started doing that and they're praising God in the middle of the prison and not caring what anyone else thought or had to say about it at all? I mean, what else are they going to do to them? You see, the next time when the enemy tries to hurl fear your way and tries to get you to stop moving forward and to stop praising God and to stop taking forward steps in your life, I want you to remember God's faithfulness to you and let that change your attitude. And you know, of course, you don't know what's coming up next. You don't know. God knows. And But here's one thing. It's for sure, is that you can rest assured that God has your best interest in mind, whether it looks good or whether it looks bad around the corner. So, so go ahead. Praise Jesus for what he's already done because he's already done more than you think he's done. And here's another one. You can praise God for what he's, because he's going to do more than you think he will. He is. And he's, some of you guys are really, really going through it right now and you're thinking, man, I don't know if I'm going to survive, but, but here, not only are you going to survive, but you're going to get to the other side of what you're facing right now, and you're going to thrive, and you're going to use your story, and your story is going to be an explosive story for other people, and other people's lives are going to be transformed through the power of God by, because of what God's doing in your life right now. When you get to the other side, God has some good stuff for you. So you know what? Go ahead right now. Just praise Jesus because he has big plans for you. Go ahead and stir up some problems for your problem. Because praise is a problem for your problem. 
think about it. I mean, Paul and Silas, they, they, they must have said, wow, I mean, can you believe what's just happened after this is done? I mean, we're singing to Jesus and there's the earthquake and the jailer and the family got saved. And, and Silas would have said, Paul, I think it's time. Paul said, time for what? It's time to just go ahead and start that church, Philippi City Life Center. And yeah, you know, they start the church and, and now they have their own congregation. I mean, people are getting saved and this is crazy. But you see, that's how God works. See, when we have God's power working in us, Instead of the devil's discouragement, instead of darkness, instead of hatred, instead of powerlessness, our lives can be overflowing with praise to Jesus, which causes the door to be wide open for some crazy, awesome, amazing things to happen. And Paul himself even said this several years after this incident. This is written in one of his letters. He said, God is able to do immeasurably more, immeasurably more. Look at that, immeasure, you can't measure it. He's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or think according to his power that is working in us. Get that power of God working in you. Are you in a prison season? Has life been turned upside down for you? Were you doing all the right things, but now you can't move and you're all chained up and you've been let down by your friends and maybe you even feel let down by God? Well, I'll tell you this much, guys. God hasn't let you down. Let praise now become a problem for your problem. That night around midnight, I can just imagine what it was like. You see, one thing I know because I've read Paul's writings and I love the writings of Paul. Um, he talks about singing a lot. And we don't even, we don't know any of the songs. He wasn't necessarily a songwriter, but we know he liked to sing and, and uh, because he talks about it all the time. And, and, and Paul, I bet you he started singing right there and Silas, Sile was next to him and it's kind of started off like this. Like, man, this is, this really stinks. Can't sleep. But I remember that song we were singing out by the river. And he goes, in the night, through the struggle, through the trial. And, 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 and Silas is looking at him going, really? <laughs> he goes, you have made my burden light. You have brought me back to life again. Now, we don't know. The Bible doesn't say that Silas was a singer. So I would assume that this is when Silas would have come in and gone, oh, 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 I think that was really where Silas, see, see, I love it when songs have those parts in it for the people who don't really know how to sing or like to sing. You can do the woes. It's funny, I was talking with Colby, one of our leaders here at the church the other day, and he was, he was, he was, with Jordan. He goes, man, Jordan, we sing a lot of those whoa, whoa, oh, oh, ooh, ooh songs. And Jordan's like, yeah, we do. And I was like, yeah, but it, it's a good thing. It's for the people who, you know, it's just like, if you don't know words or can't even figure words out or you don't know what to sing, I mean, who, everyone, anyone can do whoa. I mean, Silas can do it. So, you know, whoa. And, 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 and so, so all of a sudden, Paul's getting encouraged and some of the guys are stern and waking up. And then Paul goes, he, he starts singing a little bit more. He goes, your love, it wipes every tear away. You calm the storm that surrounds me. And then Pilate Silas goes, I know the next part. He goes, you carry me, you carry me. And then Paul starts singing a little bit louder. Your light breaks through in the darkest hour. Your love is strong in my weakness. And then Silas goes, you are enough, you are enough. Because he definitely did that. 
and they're singing, and the other guys are waking up, and they're listening. They're not going to make a noise. They're not saying anything. They're just like going, man, you know, there's no instruments here. They were just, oh, this is interesting. It never, never happened here in jail before. I'm here all the time, you know. And, and then Paul goes, you won't let go, so I will follow I am yours now, 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 and forever. You won't let go, so I will follow with all I am. And then Paul and Silas come together and say, should we do it together? Yeah, let's do it together. And then they look at each other and they're going, in the night, through the struggle, through the trial, you have made my burden light. You have brought me back to life. Again, about that time, the police begin to shake and rumble, begin to shake and rumble, and they're singing together, and then, and then the other prisoners join in, and they're going, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow, and then they're singing, wow, and the police is shaking and going crazy. God changes everything, and praise became a problem for Paul and Silas's problem and everybody else's problem, including the problem of the jailer who didn't know Christ and the problem that his family was about ready to go to hell and the problem they didn't have a church yet established in that city, praise became a problem for all those problems. I want the, I want the whole band to get yourselves up here right now. Are you guys stuck in prison? Any of you stuck in a place where, where, where you just see no way out? Praise can become a problem for your problem. Are you discouraged because your marriage is falling apart? No, 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 let's let praise get in the middle of that. Let praise be a problem for your problem. Are you beat down and, and worried and stressed out over your job situation? No, you need to make praise a problem for your problem. Then Jesus never promised that our lives are going to be free of problems. But here's one thing that we do know, is that when we praise Jesus, we're making problems for our problems. So you prioritize your praise over your preference. It's not about how you feel. Say, I will bless the Lord at all times. Come on, say. I will bless the Lord at all. Do not let your emotions stem uh, that, that are stemming from your problem. Do not let those emotions be the master of your destiny. Let praise be a problem for that problem. Don't listen to the lie from hell that says, well, God's not going to come through for you this time, buddy. Well, well, the truth is, is that God is going to come through for you, and he's been coming through you since before you were born. So praise God for what he's already done for you. Just, just praise God. He's, he's done more for you than you even think he has. Praise is a problem for your problem because you have no idea what is around the corner. And, and through your choice to praise God, even here in this room today, might be the catalyst to cause doors to swing wide open for God to do much more than you can even create in your mind or imagine that he would do. Praise is a problem for my problem and your problem and any problem that's in this place. 